Welcome back to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We have a great learning opportunity for you right around the corner. It's actually this weekend. Ooh. Joining us today, the Reverend Dr. Kirk Clayton of Zion Lutheran Church in Muscoota, Illinois. Pastor Clayton, welcome back to The Coffee Hour. Thank you. It's always a joy to be with you. It's been a little bit since we've had a chance to chat, and yeah. you have shared with us about an upcoming workshop at Zion on apologetics, Apologetics 101, taking place on October 7th at Zion in Muscoota. Tell us a little bit about what you'll be presenting. I know there are, there's a lineup of presenters, but let's dig in a little bit of what you'll be talking about. Yeah, thanks so much for the opportunity to share about this. We'll have four sessions through the day, and I'll be presenting two of them. The first one I'll present is called The Word They Still Shall Let Remain, about the reliability of Scripture. And then I'll be leading the last section, which is the reality of the resurrection. Nothing else really matters. And so as we think about the heart and core of the Christian faith, all of our doctrine is drawn from Scripture. We don't draw our teaching from tradition or anything outside of Scripture. Scripture is the heart of what we know about God and what He's done for us. So it's really important that we're confident that what we have in Scripture is true and reliable. And so we'll have a session about that topic. And then as we look at our Christian faith, the real heart of our faith is that Jesus died and rose for us and that we have the promise of life eternal and resurrection in him. And so of all the items of our Christian faith, knowing that the resurrection is a true reality is really important. So we'll have a section on that. And I'll be leading those two sections. There are a couple others as well, but those are the two that I'll be leading about the, the reliability of Scripture and the reality of the resurrection. Sounds super interesting, and I know there's several other sessions as well, but why is apologetics important to you personally? Why do you continue to study it? And you've done some very interesting studying mm -hmm. on apologetics lately as well, if you want to share about that too. Yeah, apologetics has been a passion of mine, I remember, since I was a teenager or before, in that part was the question about the reliability of Scripture. Scripture was written 2,000 years ago, 3,000 years ago. And how do we know that it's true? Because if Scripture is not true, then we have no foundation for our trust in God. We don't know who He is. We don't know what He's done if we can't trust that Scripture is true. And I remember even as a teenager or even in junior high wondering, how do we know that we can trust that what the Bible says is true? And that leads me to the study of apologetics. I have a passion. I want to know that what I believe is founded on solid fact and reality. And I don't think I'm alone in this. I think a lot of people have these questions and they want to have the confidence that what they believe is true. This is not a conflict with faith. Faith is the belief in what we can't see, but there are indications, there are evidences that will support that, yes, what we believe is not based on wild imagination, but is in fact solid reality. And so I've always been passionate about apologetics. That was the general topic of my study for my doctorate at Concordia Seminary in St. Louis. And in the last two summers, I've been able to follow up by going to the Apologetics Academy in Strasbourg, France, that's led by Dr. John Warwick Montgomery and Craig Parton. And then they bring in other wonderful teachers and this last year, I had the opportunity to present a thesis there and had written about 200 pages to submit to them to slog through on the topic of the reliability of Scripture. So that's what I'll get to share at the workshop coming up at Zion Mascuta on Saturday, October 7th. So there's so much 
really interesting correlation in Scripture. And if we look at the Old Testament, we look at the New Testament, we see that there is a strong relationship between the two. And one way we look at that is in the area of prophecy and fulfillment. We look at messianic prophecies in the Old Testament, and there may be different people have different counts, but up to or over 300 prophecies in the Old Testament that are fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And we can ask, what is the likelihood that all of these prophecies from the Old Testament, given 500 years before, 1,000 years before, 1,500 years before, would all be fulfilled in one person? And as we see that correlation, we see that the Old Testament and the New Testament working together, it's not an accidental thing. There is a very intentional plan and purpose behind the formation of Scripture, and it can't be an accident. In fact, here's how unlikely it would be for the correlation between the Old Testament and the New Testament to be an accident. There's actually a mathematical probability for this. It's called the statistician's uh, product rule, and you can do some math based on the number of predictions and the likelihood that those predictions would come true, and then figure out what's the likelihood of them all being fulfilled in one person. So I mentioned there may be upwards of 300, 330 prophecies about Jesus in the Old Testament, and Jesus fulfills them all. Now, what if we reduce that, just so the math doesn't get too nasty, to just 25 predictions? What if there are just 25 predictions about Jesus in the Old Testament that Jesus fulfills in the New Testament? Things like, oh, that he would be born in Bethlehem, that he would be born of a virgin, that he would be pierced and die on a cross. What is the likelihood that any of those would be fulfilled? It's pretty small, but let's just say we go 50% that there's a 50% probability that Jesus would fill any one of these prophecies. Then we run that through the math, and we'd say that based on 25 prophecies with a 50% chance of the fulfillment of each prophecy, the likelihood of that all happening in one person is 1 in 33 million. (laughs) Now, you probably picked up, however, that things like, oh, being born of a virgin has statistically much less than a 50% chance of happening. (laughs) Like zero. (laughs) Like almost zero. Almost zero. Almost zero, because it did happen once. What? But so let's lower that probability from 50 to 25%, which is still radically high for many of the prophecies of what Jesus would do. For example, just think about being born in Bethlehem. So Jesus, as a Jewish man, uh, the likelihood was he would be born in Israel, but there are hundreds of towns in Israel but to be born in that one specific town of Bethlehem, over which he has no control whatsoever, is obviously even much less than 25%. But we're just going to be charitable and say there's a 25% chance of 25 prophecies being fulfilled. The likelihood of 25 prophecies being fulfilled by the same person at a 25% likelihood of any one prophecy being fulfilled is, are you ready for this, one in a thousand trillion. Yeah. And yet, Jesus did fulfill not just 25 prophecies, but over 300, and not just with a probability of 50 or 25%, but far less likely than that. And so these are the ways that we can see that Scripture is, in fact, incredibly reliable. And what Scripture says, based on the the fact that we can correlate from the Old Testament to the New Testament of authors that had no contact with each other, is a stunning, stunning support for the idea that Scripture is reliable and all the other things it teaches as well. 
This sounds like actuarial science and Jesus. That's a podcast right there. Oh, man. All right. So if if we're looking at actuarial science, why do we call it apologetics? Where does this word come from, Pastor? Apologetics sounds like the English word to apologize, to say you're sorry, comes from the same root. But in Greek, apologeo is to give a defense. And so if you were brought to trial, you would give an apology not meaning saying, I'm sorry for the crime, but actually saying, I didn't commit this, and here's the defense I can have. Because, for example, uh, you know, I have a receipt showing that I was at you know, this store at the exact time that the crime was committed. So this would be your defense. This would be your apologia, your apology. It's not saying, I'm sorry. It's saying, here is why I have the confidence to say what I do. That's what apologetics means, and it's drawn from the passage that apologists love and cherish from 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense. There's that word apologeo, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. And as we think about the questions that are posed to Christianity, We recognize sometimes our friends, our neighbors, our family members might have questions, and we want to be able to support the hope that we have and to give evidence for the hope that we have. But we also recognize, like I did when I was in junior high and high school, sometimes we as believers are the ones that have the questions ourselves, and we want to have solid reason for the hope that we have within us. This doesn't contradict faith. Faith is still the essence of our Christian life. And yet we don't have to have blind faith, that faith can be supported and we can have joyful hope that what we believe is in fact founded on fact and is true. And so that's, that's what apologetics is. It's not saying I'm sorry because I believe something that's so fanciful. It's saying I am defending my faith because it is grounded in reality and rooted in the truth. All right. We're learning a lot. And I know you have a lot more to say about this, but we only have a few minutes left. What are some of the other sessions that are going to be available at this apologetics workshop? The opening session, which will address basically what we just talked about, what is apologetics and why should we do it, is going to be covered in a session called the Who, What, Where, Why, When and of Apologetics. And that's going to be taught by Faith Spellbring, who is a DCE, who is associated with Zion Belleville. Her husband, Pastor Chris Spellbring, is the pastor at Zion Belleville and Faith also works now at Metro East Lutheran High School in Edwardsville. Uh, she also is a graduate of the Apologetics Academy in Strasbourg, France, and is a dynamic, wonderful speaker. I'm really excited to hear a presentation about the who, what, where, why, when of apologetics. And then Pastor Joe Cox, who is on the staff at Lutheran High School South in St. Louis, is going to bring a little bit different slant with the topic of literature and apologetics, a bridge to conversation. So, how can we use our cultural cultural gifts of literature or movies to bring up the topic of our Christian faith with our friends? And then again, I'm doing the reliability of Scripture and the reality of the resurrection. And Sarah, as you mentioned, obviously I'm very excited, passionate about this. <laughs> There's much, much more that I could say about this than we have time for in a radio segment. So I encourage people to come and hear the full presentation. It's really going to be a, a fun, exciting day, I think. What do we need to know in order to attend the Apologetics 101 workshop on October 7th? Well, it is on Saturday, October 7th. We're going to start with registration at 9 o'clock in the morning and then move into sessions and devotion about 9.30. 
We will have a lunch that's included and we'll wrap up by about 3 p.m. So from 9 to 3 on Saturday, October 7th, this is being held at Zion Lutheran Church located in Mascuda, Illinois, 101 South Railway. But the easiest thing is probably just Google Zion Lutheran Mascuda, Illinois. The registration fee is only $10 and that includes the lunch. And so to register, just contact me, email me. My email address is pastor at zionmascuda.org, and I will happily get you signed up on the list. We'd love to see you. Very good. Saturday, October 7th, it's the Saturday, at Zion Lutheran Church in Mascuda, Illinois. Our guest today, the Reverend Dr. Kirk Clayton. Thank you so much for being our guest on the Coffee Hour. Super excited for this, this apologetics workshop. Yeah. Thanks so much for letting me on with you and share some of the good news about it. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Goldfeth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you. Anytime. Anywhere. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon.